Hello, everyone. I'm Nora McInerney. And I'm Megan Palmer. And this is Terrible, Thanks for Asking, the matchmaking episode. So here's where this started. I love love, and I know that is just something really unique about me. Megan Palmer, who you heard earlier, she does not love love. I'm the only person. Okay, a lot of people are so-so about love, not me. I love it. I love rom-coms. I love romantic songs. I got ordained on the internet just so I could be able to officiate weddings. And even though I have literally no skill for it, I love matchmaking because I love the idea of people falling in love. And therefore, if I could help in any way, why wouldn't I? So back in 2021, Megan, did you work with us then? Were you on the team then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So back in 2021, Megan, do you remember when we did the Valentine's Day live show online? I do. Okay. So I did a little matchmaking live on the show. It was an online show. And what happened in the comments of that show, Megan? People were popping off. People were excited. Love was in the air. They were matchmaking themselves, honestly. They were matchmaking themselves. So I had this idea inspired by several things. Inspired by Sleepless in Seattle, which was not a movie I was allowed to see as a kid, but I knew what the gist was. And inspired by Megan. When I was in middle school, you were not born yet, but I used to start my day by opening the variety section of the Minneapolis Star Tribune, flipping to first the funny pages, then the horoscopes. I only read my own, Capricorn only, not interested in anyone else. (laughs) Then I would read the advice columns, and then I would read the classifieds, where in the newspaper, Megan, people used to put ads for themselves. That's crazy. And as a kid, I was reading it like, okay, this guy sounds pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I was interested in the fact that adults were searching for somebody. I was fascinated by this. And there's this other thing that also predates you, Megan. It's called Great Expectations. And I'm going to play you a YouTube video. I did go home thinking, what have I done? It was actually very terrifying in the beginning. (laughs) Scared. Yeah, I was skeptical. You need to know that you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of members who feel the same way you feel, who have come here and joined Great Expectations because they don't want to be alone. Oh, my God. That's so cringy. But that also feels mean of me to say because that's the same thing I do online with myself. Great Expectations just seems like the more difficult version of that. So much more effort goes into this. It's an effortful Tinder. It really is. And instead of trying to come off as witty, you know, in a few lines that you tap out on your thumbs, people used to have to get dolled up, sit in front of a camera and answer questions about themselves. You are right. The thing that makes you cringe is the self-recognition in it. (laughs) It is. Cringe is really just the recognition of the self. (laughs) It's embarrassing. It is. And like, I had no secondhand embarrassment, no cringe watching any of this as a kid. And I still don't because I think 
It is just such a human, such a brave thing, such an uncomfortable thing, which is what I think makes it so brave to say, no, I actually want this thing. I actually want it. Um, Straight women especially are conditioned to be very nonchalant, right? About what we want. Like, oh, no, do I need a boyfriend? Very unexpressive in their desire. Right. And I just really love the open expression of what somebody desires. I think that's really interesting. And so I had this scheme and I brought it to the team and I said, let's make a matchmaking episode. And there was so much confusion. (laughs) Uh, I think my first emotion was anxiety. (laughs) I was nervous. I was like, how are we going to do this? And I was like, Megan, take a chill pill. I have several. I could, I will not share them. That's a federal offense, I'm pretty sure. Megan, take a chill pill. We will figure it out. So I asked any single listeners who are interested in love to send us a voice memo that we would share on an episode. And we got so many. It seems like we got more for this call out than any other call out we've done thus far for the show. Just dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds actually. And there were so many people who were just willing to really put themselves out there, submitting minutes long recordings of themselves, describing who they are and what they want. And as a self-proclaimed jaded romantic, I really did love listening to them. And I want everyone to know that we listened to every single submission and that making these choices was really hard. It was excruciating. But we simply cannot make a 10-hour-long episode, nor would you want to listen to it. But maybe, and this is also another harebrained scheme, maybe we make a whole other podcast that is just about matchmaking. We'll see how this one goes. So let us know. Now, let's tell everyone how this works. So we pared this episode down to about a dozen submissions, and every submission has a nickname. So as you listen to this episode, you're going to hear us do a little intro for each person. We're going to play the recording, and we're going to tell you the nickname of the listener that you just heard. If you are interested in reaching out to any of these people romantically, you're going to send an email to matchmaking at noraborealis.com with their nickname as the subject line. That's the most important part. If you don't do that, your email will be deleted. I'm going to collect all these submissions. I'm going to read them all. I'm going to pick the most thoughtful responses, and I will collate them and forward them to the dater. Legally speaking, I need to say that you are participating at your own risk. Myself and TTFA and American Public Media do not assume any legal responsibility. In the words that our legal team gave us, neither I nor anyone at 8 p.m. has screened or endorsed any person participating in this exchange. If folks decide to connect or meet as part of this, again, they do it completely at their own choosing, and they should use every precaution that they would use in any other situation where they're dealing with a stranger. Thank you, legal team. In other words... (laughs) (laughs) So sterile. (laughs) No, I I truly, I love lawyers. I would be the worst lawyer of all time. I fell asleep trying to study for the LSAT. In other words, I didn't do background checks. This is public radio. We're on a budget. But I truly also just want to believe that our listeners are good people who will not physically or emotionally hurt one another. Don't let me down. Because it's a very, very big thing to open yourself up to the world and a podcast audience and say, I am here and this is what I want. And even if you're not looking for love, I do hope 
hope you like this episode because what I hear in all of these messages, and Megan and I have listened to them so many times and fallen in love with them, is people who are so brave and so hopeful. And I do think most, if not all of us, are wired to want love and to want connection and to want partnership. And I wish that for everyone out there who is still seeking it. All right, so let's do this. Megan, who is our first dater? All right, we're calling this person seeking partner, not friend. She's a heterosexual woman living in Southern California who is open to long-distance love. This is seeking partner, not friend. I'm currently doing my first year as a school counselor. Let's see, what's important to me? My family, my friends, my dog. I really feel like I'm bad at dating. And I think my last relationship ended because we were really good friends for a long time. And then we kind of ruined it by being like romantic and just wasn't really a match. Um, more like someone that I could imagine being good friends with for a long time, but not someone I could imagine, like, a future, like, the things that I want, marriage and kids. It's been over a year now since that. And when I imagine my long-term partner, I imagine us laughing a lot and spending Saturday nights maybe going to have a nice dinner and going to a bar, having a game night with friends, Sunday morning sleeping in, maybe going to a cafe, taking the dogs, going for a walk at the beach. And then my favorite word would be corazón. That's... Um, Spanish for heart. I think a lot of words sound so much better in Spanish. And heart just means a lot to me because I really value my own heart and the love that I give to others and the love that I receive. And I think all of those things are very important. And um, it's kind of what I do as a school counselor. It's my job to be empathetic and understanding and compassionate. And I really have to come from my heart. So yeah, corazón, my favorite word. All right, thanks, bye. All right, to connect with Seeking Partner, Not Friend, what are you going to do? You're going to email matchmaking at noraborealis.com, subject line, Seeking Partner, Not Friend. Next up, we have hashtag wholesome, who is a queer, non-binary person based in Madison, Wisconsin. They are open to starting a long-distance courtship with the goal of eventually coming together in the same city. Here is hashtag wholesome. Some fast facts about me. I am a queer child of Hmong refugees who is a teacher and a PhD student studying education, specifically the intersection of literacy, Hmong studies, and storytelling. Oh, I was also assigned male at birth in case that matters. I personally identify as non-binary and use all of the pronouns interchangeably, though. 
I say all of this mostly to give some context and because these identities are all very important to me and the work that I do as a scholar and a teacher. A lot of my work centers narrative and empowering marginalized communities towards self-liberation and systemic change. This also means spending a lot of time reflecting on my own life and trying to make meaning of the good, the bad, and, well, everything in between. All of this in hopes, of course, that I can make the education system a little better and also make the world as a whole a better place. I'm personally really committed to always being the best teacher and mentor I can be. Um, some may even call me a workaholic sometimes, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Outside of work, I love reading and writing, and I hope to write middle grade and young adult novels someday because there's a large gap in Hmong and queer literature of that age range. I also love multimodal storytelling as well, aka I enjoy movies, TV shows, and music in addition to books, so I am not that English teacher who just reads Shakespeare every day, all hours of the day. Because my work can sometimes be pretty heavy, I try to make it a point to surround myself with people who are not overly pessimistic or brooding. A younger version of me was obsessed with the image of the dark, brooding man, but 2022 is all about dating hashtag wholesome people. To me, this means someone who is unabashedly loves and enjoys the things that they do, regardless of how cool or lame society thinks it is, because I definitely have a lot of hobbies that society may think is a little bit weird or a little bit lame. And it also means someone who is self-aware, but also not self-loathing at the same time. So again, thank you very much, Nora, and I'm very excited to see what comes from this. I personally would easily relocate to Madison, Wisconsin, if given the opportunity to connect with hashtag wholesome, send an email to matchmaking at norabourealis.com and your subject line is hashtag wholesome. All right. Our next dater we're calling teammate. Teammate is a bisexual woman living in New England who is also open to long-distance love. So let's hear from her. I'm 38 years old, a cis white female living in New England, and I'm really excited about this. I have spent all of my life working towards social change. Um, I've been an attorney working um, for undocumented immigrants. I've started a few nonprofits. My most recent one was to teach kids about social justice during the pandemic. So I love young people. I love innovation and, and just being really creative when it comes to solutions to how we can, I don't know, get the spinning blue and green planet on a better course. So, you know, all those things are important to me when it comes to values, um, kindness and justice and equity and Black Lives Matter and believing in climate change and, and all of that. Um, what do I love to do? I love spontaneous adventures, skinny dipping. I spend a lot of time sitting out in my porch with a campfire. I'm open to move for love. I'm really, really, really ready to be a mom. I'm open to single dads, people that want to be dads, but that absolutely is an important thing for me. I'm open to adoption. I'm open to biological. Being human is so weird and so crazy, and it can be really hard sometimes too. And I'm excited to find somebody that's equally excited to be on this journey together. My favorite quote this is from page 39 of From the Mixed Up Files, Miss Basilie Frankweiler by E.L. Konigsberg, one of the greatest 
children's books of all time. Nora, read it to your kids. Everybody listening to this, read it to your kids. What happened was they became a team, a family of two. There had been times before they ran away when they had acted like a team, but those were very different from feeling like a team. Becoming a team didn't mean the end of their arguments, but it did mean that the arguments became a part of the adventure, became discussions, not threats. To an outsider, the arguments would appear to be the same because feeling like part of a team is something that happens invisibly. You might call it caring. You could even call it love. And it is very rarely indeed that it happens to two people at the same time. So do you want to be my teammate? Are you somebody that loves morning kitchen dance parties and singing made-up songs in the car, but also loves a good day in bed when you just can't get out of the covers. Social justice, important to you. Do you want to live those values and, and push each other to be better ancestors for future generations? I love, love, love. How many people are open to long-distance love? I just love this, Megan. I'm already in love with this episode. The subject line for teammate is, you guessed it, teammate. We'll be right back. This next person is Westwinger. So all you Aaron Sorkin fans, please pay attention. Westwinger is a heterosexual woman based in South Jersey, right outside Philly. And this is another terrible who is also open to long distance. I'm seeing a theme here. I'm a law student and ex-expat. I am sitting in my car holding my phone like Teresa Giudice talking to one of her daughters while she's driving. I am terrible talking about myself, and I don't know how to succinctly answer any of the questions that you pose, with the exception of the last one, which is, what is your favorite word? My favorite word is shibboleth from the West Wing episode of the same name. And the reason it is my favorite word is, A, it helps me distinguish West Wing fans from everybody else, which is an essential part of anybody who would be a potential partner for me. But also, if anyone ever asks me my favorite word or like if I use that word in common conversation, it allows me to discern those who are and aren't naturally curious. Because if someone knows the word, then they've probably encountered it and, like, had to Google it and figure out what it means unless they, like, speak Hebrew, which, like, good for you. Um, Or they'll say, like, what does that mean? And, like, ask, you know, the story behind, like, how that got into my vocabulary. Or they won't. Or they'll just, like, ignore it. Which is also, like, totally fine. Like, doesn't mean that you're, like, a bad person or anything. But I value, I think, more than anything curiosity and like a willingness to not only learn, but to also admit when you're wrong and need to learn something. I think that my usage of this word and like the meaning of the word, which is basically like a shibboleth, it's like a passcode of sorts. And so I think that it is 
it's a passcode of curiosity, if you will. Yeah. So let me know. Megan, you slept on what I think is the most important detail, which is that she not only is a fan of Aaron Sorkin, but Real Housewives of New Jersey, which I believe to be, aside from Salt Lake City, which I think is, as I've said before, the strongest cast in recent history, there is nothing that comforts me like early seasons of Real Housewives of New Jersey, which came out when I believe you were like in kindergarten. You are the person who who knows the most about the Real Housewives lore. And you know what I say to my children every morning? I say to them, let me tell you something about my family. We are as thick as thieves and we protect each other till the end. And they don't care. They do not get the reference. But if you get the reference, (laughs) if you get the reference, your subject line is West Winger. Megan, who do we have next? All right. Up next, we have a pansexual woman. We're naming 14 Acres. She has recently relocated to Vermont and prefers a long-distance relationship. Here she is. I'm calling you from upstate New York. I am a single mom of two high schoolers who are away doing their own thing at boarding school. And I am getting ready to make a big move in my world and move from upstate New York, where I've lived for the last 16 years, mostly as a real estate broker, to rural Vermont, uh, which is an area that I've always loved and hope to live in at some point in my life. There's a lot going on right now. Um, I've been mostly single with the exception of one relationship for the last 11 years. I don't even know where to start for dating. Um, I've become in the last 11 years, very resourceful, very independent, which I'm very proud of, but it's also ridiculously exhausting. And I'm hoping in my move to Vermont to meet someone that is more on my level. And I don't even know what I mean by level. Um, I just know that I've been fairly closed off to the idea of any kind of partnership um, because I've kind of put up a lot of walls, like I don't need anybody walls and I'll do it myself kind of walls. And um, though I have, um, I think I've kind of backed myself into a corner. I'm a fairly open person. Um, I don't really think gender or identity means a whole lot to me. I'm looking for somebody who is a conscientious person, is a kind person, a person that shows up um, when it's easier not to show up. I'm hoping that person exists in whatever form. I don't know. I am going to be changing careers. During the pandemic, I found the real estate sales life to just be untenable. I'm looking to take that down into a more sustainable job and hopefully find somebody to spend some free time with. I love to hike. I love to read. I love to garden. I'm in the process of buying a home with 14 acres. God knows what I'm going to do with those 14 acres, but I'm sure as hell going to find out. So somebody with some farming background might be kind of nice. So thank you for your podcast. It's gotten me through some pretty rough days, especially over the last two years. 
Both of my kids have been hospitalized at times for eating disorders and mental health struggles, I think directly related to the pandemic. It's been hard, but we're, we're making our way and trusting in the universe to help me in the upcoming months kind of find my way. Okay, I love the independence. And if you love wide open spaces, your subject line for this dater is 14 acres. Megan and I, it should also be noted, we selected all these people. Then we realized we hadn't asked them where they live. (laughs) And we hadn't asked them what they were looking for. We have a lot of queer listeners. That's cool. Yes, lots of queer ladies. So I hope everyone's listening in and jumping on this because there's lots of love to be found. There is, there is. Next up, we've got a New York City-based heterosexual woman who is also, you guessed it, open to long distance. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Um, And we're calling her Loki in Brooklyn. I'm 31, and I live in Brooklyn, New York. I was so, so excited to hear that you are doing some matchmaking. I love your podcast and really hope that you can help me out as I am currently single. My last relationship, it really began right before the pandemic started. So it was like the week before everything shut down. And in order to kind of continue the relationship at the beginning, we had to spend a significant amount of time together pretty quickly. Like within a couple of months, we were spending the night at each other's houses all the time. Soon we were essentially living together and we moved in together much sooner than I would have ordinarily. And I think what was our ultimate downfall was that we just moved far too quickly without maybe getting to know each other super well. Typical weekend with somebody that I would be dating would be Well, I live near a park, so ideally maybe going to get a nice breakfast sandwich, maybe a little chai or coffee, going to the park, watching the dogs run around. I love a group exercise class and would love to find somebody who would like to do those exercise classes with me as well. Probably Checking out a cool new bar or a spot in Brooklyn would be another thing that we might do, but ultimately I don't go out too much. Um, I'm not much of a partier. So definitely, especially in the winter, sticking in would be something that I would be very happy to do. In terms of worst New Year's Eve, I could imagine. I think I had that New Year's Eve already. I went on a second date on New Year's because this was a couple of years ago. I didn't have plans and this guy that I had been on a date with also didn't have plans. And so we went to this bar and everybody seemed to know each other already. And we quickly realized that we were not right for each other and didn't have strong feelings for each other, but we still kind of had to stick it out because it's New Year's and you couldn't really leave the bar and leave the date and disappoint the other person. And then our first kiss was at midnight and it was pretty chaste and and uncute. So I would not repeat that experience and I don't recommend it to anybody. In terms of what I'm looking for in a future partner, I think... It's pretty simple for me, and I came up with a little baby tiny formula of what I wanted, and it's just, I'm looking for somebody who would pick me up from the airport. 
And that's it. Just somebody who is willing to take the time out of their day or evening, drive, take the subway to meet me when I've just come back from a long weekend or a trip or what have you. And I think finding somebody who wants to do that, not only because it will make you happy, but because they really want to spend time with you and they have missed seeing you even after a brief amount of time. To me, that is very, very telling of somebody being truly interested in making you happy. And of course, I would absolutely do the same. I would be happy to take any form of transportation to see that person that I love and that I'm dating. Okay, Megan, I believe that one of the best measures of love is picking a person up from the airport. That's a standard. I wouldn't do it in New York, though. (laughs) However, I would not do it in New York. (laughs) No. I wouldn't do it in New York, but I would do it any anywhere else. I will pick up anyone from the airport because I just love going to the airport. But that should be the standard. You should not be with someone who doesn't want to pick you up from the airport. Wait, I have a question. Even mm-hmm. in L.A.? No, that that's obviously insane. That's... <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, if the Burbank airport, yes. LAX, no one's getting picked up at LAX. Not even an Uber driver will pick you up there. You have to go to like a, a second location. No. Mm-mm. Be reasonable. But if you live in Cincinnati, yeah, the person who proclaims to love you should pick you up from the airport. You live in Minneapolis, St. Paul, they should pick you up from the airport. You live in Phoenix, Arizona, I'll pick you up from the airport, okay? But your subject line for this person, your subject line is low-key in Brooklyn. All right. Hold your horses, everyone. We've got our first man to match. Whoa. Okay. He's a physician. So naturally, we're calling him Dr. Love. <laughs> please, please don't barf. <laughs> Dr. Love is a heterosexual man in the Charlottesville area. He is open to long distance, but would prefer local connections if possible. So if you're in the Charlottesville area, especially, listen up. Here is Dr. Love. I'm a uh, 40-year-old physician in Virginia. Um, I live with my dog in a two-bedroom condo. I uh, have been on the dating scene for quite a while and um, can't stand the apps, so I thought I'd uh, respond to your matchmaking challenge. Things that are important to me, especially in relationships, um, specifically I would say things I'm looking for and qualities I admire in a partner would be wonder and imagination and curiosity and laughter, honesty, trust, um, compassion, empathy, all the big ones. Um, And communication, probably the most important one. I've never recorded anything on my phone before, so I have no idea what this is going to sound like. Uh, I told myself I would only do this once, but I think I'm on my seventh recording, so (laughs) I have no idea how that's going to turn out. Um, Anyway, uh, other questions that you had put on there that I thought were interesting. Um, My last relationship ended several years ago, and it ended because I had to choose myself. I didn't feel safe anymore in that relationship. And as much as I loved uh, my ex-girlfriend, it wasn't a good place uh, to be and I was not in a good place. And I'm forever grateful to her for the time I spent with her. But uh, I think think we're both better off where we are. 
since then, um, things have been uh, fairly quiet and being a physician in the pandemic has been certainly isolating, but also in some ways wonderful. It's allowed me to rediscover my introverted side and my love for literature and poetry and really just connecting with myself. So um, favorite words, I don't have a favorite word. Uh, I would say the the most recent word that I heard that I loved, any word that I have to look up, I would say is uh, my favorite word. And uh, I heard the word gossamer, which I thought was just awesome. Just everything about that, just envisioning in my head, like the spelling was, I was like, gossamer, very cool. Um, New Year's Eve, I would definitely spend uh, on my couch if I could. Uh, Worst case scenario would be probably Times Square by far, surrounded by a million people. That that is pure nightmare at this point in my life. And uh, Saturday night, I would love to be out with friends, uh, maybe seeing a movie, enjoying, uh, you know, some popcorn, uh, out in the theater somewhere. Uh, Sunday morning is coffee, a good book, uh, a fireplace, my dog, and hopefully somebody really special to spend it with. Okay. If you want an easy Sunday morning with a dog in a fireplace and a man whose name is not legally Dr. Love and would probably be very embarrassed to hear that we named him that, email matchmaking at norabourealis.com and the subject line is Dr. Love. We know it's terrible. This next terrible is a heteroromantic asexual man based in Nashville. He is well acquainted with long distance relationships and is very much open to one. And he is also a widower, which obviously I have a soft spot for. So we are calling him the widower. Again, I am, am I a writer? Yes. Okay. Words are my gift. This is a little bit weird, but I, uh, kind of trying to get out there, uh, I got married very young and became a very young widower, and it's been hard to get out there. Uh, As far as what ended my last relationship, uh, I got cancer myself, and my girlfriend at the time didn't want to be the partner of a cancer patient, so had to uh, live with that. Uh, What's important to me is... Honestly, I'm looking for someone who I can uh, come home and share what I'm excited about, share how my day was, what I'm looking forward to, and have a fun time. You know, I'm pretty simple. Uh, I like to go out. You know, I was raised on going out to musicals, and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in theater in high school, uh, so I love going to musicals. I, I typically have show tunes playing. Love karaoke is by far my favorite Saturday night activity. You know, my uh, Saturday, typically uh, wake up and I would, you know, throw on a movie, kind of wake up really slow, you know, just something really interesting, usually a documentary of some type just to kind of pique my interest and get my mind going. And then I'll go out for a walk somewhere. Uh, I live in an area that has a lot of nature trails, so it's really fun for that. Uh, And then I will come home and I'll usually cook something for dinner. I like to cook, so I do a little bit of elaborate dinner uh, on Saturday. And then after dinner, uh, I'll try and meet up with some friends to go out and do something. Not always, but sometimes. Sunday is for brunch and bottomless mimosas. If you've never done bottomless mimosas, you haven't lived. It's hard to find time to spend with your partner. And 
I'm very much a person that likes to have time carved out. So Sunday, I would like to spend it with my partner doing whatever they want to do. You know, as far as love languages are concerned, quality time and physical touch. Very simple. Let's see, favorite word, predestination. I love it because of what it implies. And if you're not familiar with what predestination is, uh, it's basically what came first, the chicken or the egg. Because to get a chicken, you need an egg, and to get an egg, you need a chicken. Uh, that's what predestination is. Something has to happen first. So if you are not freaked out by a dead wife and you're the kind of person who sticks around when someone gets cancer, you should email matchmaking at noraborealis.com, subject line, the widower. Okay. This next dater we've nicknamed Cooks a Mean Steak for reasons that will soon become apparent. <laughs> He's a heterosexual man based in the Bay Area. And he's open to long-distance courting with the hopes that someday it won't be long-distance. So here's Cook's Amin Steak. Hey, Nora. This is my submission for the dating matchmaking episode. I never thought I would actually do this. But you know what? It's time to make some changes. So here it goes. 34, currently turning 35 in April. Project manager for a general contracting company in the Bay Area. I love my job. It's fulfilling, makes me happy. I lead a relatively simple life. I'm a homeowner. I like camping. I like coffee. I nerd out on coffee. I have eight different coffee brewing methods. Uh, I try to use a different one uh, each morning of the week. A typical Sunday morning might look like bringing my significant other coffee in bed. Is that a superpower? Can that be a superpower? I don't know. I like to cook. Uh, I make really great jambalaya. Uh, I can cook a mean steak. I like to barbecue. I'm not very good at talking about myself, but I'm learning to get better at that. Uh, my previous relationship, which ended about three months ago, while wonderful, it was a case of bad timing, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But this person was in a significantly uh, different place in life than I am. Uh, she is a single mother, wonderful person, going to school full time and just starting an internship and wasn't in a place to be able to be in a committed relationship. And upon mutually ending that, uh, some biggest lessons for myself were that it's okay to be a little bit selfish I'm a giver. Uh, I like to serve, but sometimes I don't do a very good job at, you know, asking for things that I want. And I'm trying to get better at that. I think the sign of a healthy relationship is obviously good communication and transparency and honesty, but also a sense of mutuality, um, recognizing uh, each individual's desires and wants and what makes them happy and what makes them satisfied. And that's what I want to do and achieve in a relationship. Wait, first, Megan, did you say courting or did he say courting? I think I've been using courting throughout this entire episode. I don't remember who first wrote it. Maybe it's because I've been watching Bridgerton. Everything feels a little more dramatic than it probably is. 
I love that. But the first boy who liked me in high school said he was going to court me. And I just remember thinking, I don't know what that means, but it sounds great. Was it successful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have liked any boy who liked me. That's that's oh god, don't get me that was my standard. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Oh, you like me? I like you too. Now we're together, (laughs) listeners. Please use more discernment than us in in responding to these submissions. Correct, correct, correct. Okay, if the timing feels right, email matchmaking at noraborealis.com, subject line cooks a mean steak, and court this man. This next potential dater is a self-proclaimed chaotic bisexual, so we are calling her... Chaotic Bisexual. And Chaotic Bisexual is currently traveling abroad and therefore open to long-distance love. Everyone is. Everyone's flexible. Everyone's just looking for love. Yes. I'm 25 years old, and I'm recording this from Boyacá, Colombia. I am originally from California, and I'm currently living here until my tourist visa forces me to leave in a few months. And then I hope to see some other parts of Latin America before returning home. I am trying very hard to become fluent in Spanish, and as you can imagine, I love to travel. P.S. I do want to acknowledge that I know travel is a risk in pandemic area, and it is something that I take seriously. I waited almost two years um, putting off, you know, plans and hopes I had to travel, um, and I still take safety very seriously. I guess you could say that I am a chaotic bisexual, but you may not see the chaotic part of me until I feel more comfortable around you. My last relationship ended a couple of years ago uh, because I wanted a higher level of time investment than my partner did in the relationship, and we parted ways amicably. Um, However, from that relationship, I did realize that I struggle with codependence, and I've been trying to work through that in the time since. Uh, It's not perfect, but I do feel like I have a much better understanding of myself now. And I also learned that I need to be in a monogamous relationship because my previous relationship was open. And I think that consensual non-monogamy is really beautiful and I admire it so much, but I learned that it really does not meet my personal needs. Uh, Some things that I want in a relationship. uh, I really love cutesy romantic things like cuddling and watching TV and cooking together or going on cute dates. And uh, I would really like it if uh, my partner would surprise me with random acts of affection or romantic gestures uh, and not super frequently, but just like sporadic enough so that it always feels like really special and really unexpected. I want someone who values emotional intelligence and communication. Um, I love to sing and dance and I am very musical. So if me just like breaking out into song or constantly singing under my breath or dancing along to music that's playing is going to bother you, then we're probably better off as friends. I studied sociology and counseling. I really love understanding people and I've been told that I'm a good listener. I would describe my values as progressive and uh, what else? When I love someone, I go all in. That probably is related to the codependence, but I really love to like put in effort and really make someone feel 
cared for and special. Uh, but I have been working on boundaries also. And I think that uh, communication and boundaries are really important so we can always know where each other is at and navigate the changes of life together while making sure that we're both like actually satisfied and able to be open and not secretly repressing anything that will lead to years of resentment later on. If you love singing, dancing, travel, and monogamy, you should email matchmaking at noraborealis.com, subject chaotic bisexual. We'll be right back. Megan, how many more of these do we have? Just a few, I promise. This next listener is a woman seeking men. She's San Antonio-based and frequently travels, so she's very open to long-distance amore. Here's Biker Gang. I am a 28-year-old graphic designer. I live in San Antonio, but I really feel like my life won't be complete until I can get out of here and move to the mountains. I have no experience living in snow, so I probably will regret that statement. I'm a sarcoma cancer widow. My husband died from sarcoma two years ago. And just getting my mind right for relationships and also just finding people that are not just trying to take advantage of a vulnerable lady. Um, It's been kind of hard. The closest thing I have to love right now is mountain biking. It's the best. I I really love it. In fact, something that I'm probably most proud of, besides the fact that I was a very stellar wife to my dying husband, is that I finished a bike route that goes from Canada to Mexico on my mountain bike all by myself solo, independent woman status, camping along the way. Anyways, if anyone wants to ride their bike with me, I'd be really stoked on that. (laughs) Okay, that is so awesome. And another widow, another widow. What are the chances? So if you love independent women and you want to ride bikes, your subject line is biker gang, and the email is still matchmaking at noraborealis.com. Who do we have next? Next, we have another bisexual woman. She is based in Boston, also open to long distance, and we're calling this terrible Escaping the Rut. I'm a 26-year-old journalist, a prolific letter writer, and a lover of vintage paint-by-numbers. I'm allergic to carrots, and I can't whistle. I'm outdoorsy in the way that I like hiking, but I want to be able to take a shower at the end of the day which I feel is very Taurus of me. This winter, I moved to Boston to start my life over, but I'm not afraid of long distance. I like to have my own orbit, but one that comfortably overlaps with others. My New Year's resolutions included drinking more good wine and seeing more of the country. 
I can be a creature of habit. So I'm looking for a partner to help pull me out of that rut sometimes and help me step out of my comfort zone. I gravitate towards people who are good storytellers, people who are good communicators in public and in private. Bonus points if you have a dog or feel a good connection with the ocean. I think a good partner wants to see you grow as much as you want to see yourself grow. And I hope this resonates with other people. Yes, escape that rut, step out of your comfort zone, be open to long-distance love, and email using the subject line, escaping the rut. This is going to be the last one for this episode. I hope this has been fun for everyone. I know. All good things have to come to an end. I really love putting this together. Consider my faith in love tentatively restored. And this last listener is going to be called Caregiver Seeks Care. She's a heterosexual woman in Brooklyn who is open to long distance. Hey, Nora. I am someone who just recorded this voice memo 10 times, so hopefully this is the last time. I'm going to be 39 next month, and I live in Brooklyn, New York. Full disclosure, I'm currently a long-distance caregiver for my mom, who has Alzheimer's. She lives in Florida. So needless to say, I have not really been focused on the whole dating thing recently. I was in a relationship that ended last year. It just was not the right thing for me. And I just have not had the bandwidth to go on a bunch of crappy internet dates. So, I don't know. I thought this sounded fun. Let's see. In terms of who I'm looking for, I, you know, I appreciate someone who is kind and can find joy in life despite all the shit that it throws at us. You know, hoping to find someone that makes me laugh, who I can just full belly laugh with. And my love language is definitely acts of kindness. I think one of my favorite things to do is make a giant meal for a bunch of friends. I'm actually a former chef, so I love to cook. And I went to a vegan culinary school and I studied Reiki but I love a good ribeye steak and I love a good glass of whiskey. So I'd say that pretty much sums me up. I have two cats. So obviously if you're not into cats, that's kind of a deal breaker, I guess. Your subject line for this, our very last dater is caregiver seeks care. This has been a wild experiment. Is it going to work? Who knows? So again, here's what you do. If you heard somebody that you like, we're going to list all the dater nicknames in the show notes, but hopefully you also jotted them down. You're going to send in your email using the correct subject line to matchmaking at noraborealis.com. We'll also put that email in the show notes too. A lot of people can't spell that. You are going to get them into us by Tuesday, June 21st, which should give you plenty of time. We want to give people time to listen to this. We want to give people time to forward this around to people. A reminder, too, that if you want us to do more episodes like this, let us know. You can email us. The email is podcast at noraborealis.com. You can also call us at 612-568-4441. We're working on getting better at uh, actually incorporating voicemails into the show. 
Okay, we said that was our last match, but it's not actually our last match, is it, Megan? Mm-mm, mm-mm. We've got someone to plug. We've got someone to plug. And we are recording this without her knowledge, but it will not make it into the episode unless she approves it. That is important. What is important? Consent. 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 <laughs> consent. consent. Nothing sexier. Yeah, nothing sexier than consent. Or our friend Jordan Turgeon, who works on this show, who I have called in previous bonus episodes a reliable experience. And I mean that as a compliment. Jordan is not only a real cutie pie, like a natural blonde. I am not, by the way. I've learned one thing about myself in this pandemic, and that's I have brown hair. Okay. (laughs) I have my hair's brown. My hair's brown. Jordan's a natural blonde. She skis. She is a very, very gifted writer. She's smart as heck. She's got just, she's a cutie pie. She can dance, by the way, too. She was like a dancer. I always forget that about uh, about her until somebody turns on music and then all of a sudden she's like got actual moves. She's a homeowner. She's a homeowner. She's an independent woman. She's an independent woman. She is down for dads. She's down for a dad. She she loves kids. She's looking for a family. She is. She is looking to slide right in to that stepmom life, instant family. And honestly, I can see this for her. Jordan has amazing stepmom energy. If you are a single dad, and I tell everybody I know to date a single dad, I truly think single dads are, I mean, I'm biased because that's who I'm married to now. I guess he's not single anymore, but he was. But if you are a single dad, you live in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, I want you to email matchmaking at noraborealis.com. Maybe your brother is a single dad. Maybe your best friend is a single dad. And you want him to be with someone who's smart, someone who's got her life together, someone who doesn't need him, but would support him and be his peer, be his partner, support his kids, love his kids, but also like not step on anyone's toes and just be like a good addition to your friend group, to your family, all of that. What should the subject line be, Megan? I did not think this through. Stepmom energy. Stepmom energy. Stepmom energy. Please send that to matchmaking at noraborealis.com. Subject line. Stepmom energy. This is to date our friend, our colleague, Jordan Turgeon. We will not include this if Jordan says no. However, she does not know we are recording this. But at the end of this summer, I want Jordan locked down. Okay? I got (laughs) to... It's It's her time. time. It's her year. It's her time. This is her year. 2022 is one person's year, and it's Jordan's. I have to say again, thank you to every single person who submitted. We wanted so badly to include every single submission. Our listeners are some of the best people on the planet. Smart, interesting, funny, just good, good, good people. And I do mean it. If this is a hit, if you all love this, I'll make more episodes like this. I'll spin it off into its own podcast. See what I care. See what I care. Make me. Make me. Dare me. Dare me. I'll get a I'll get another job. I'm not afraid. Okay. I'm not scared. But it was nice to work on something that was like uplifting and like a little group community project. And I am excited to do this. And honestly, when we tour this podcast. Maybe we'll do this live and in person, okay? Oh, hey Maybe yeah. we'll do a little matchmaking live and in person. So, but yes, we appreciate you so much. And we are keeping a bunch of submissions for future episodes. And 
Thank you, guys. And thank you, Megan. It's so much work to listen to every submission, like transcribe every submission, categorize it, organize it, reach out to people. It's so much coordination. And she did a very good job. So thank you. Thank you. This has been terrible. Thanks for asking. I am your host, Nora McInerney. Today, I was joined by... Megan Palmer. Megan Palmer. Megan Palmer, former intern, current producer, and I guess I would call you an apprentice matchmaker. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Proud, proud. We'll see how this goes. Who are the rest of the people on our team? It is Marcel Malikibu, Jacob Maldonado-Medina, Jordan Turgeon. We are a production of American Public Media's APM Studios, where the executives in charge are Joanne Griffith and Alex Schaefer. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman. We love her. You know why we love her? Beth was the person who noticed we hadn't asked people what they were looking for. Or where they lived. We we had not asked. We had not asked. We said no follow-up questions. This is all the information a person needs. And Beth was like, I have some more questions. Our theme music is by Joffrey Lamar Wilson. And I am Nora McInerney. I'm also an author. I don't know if you guys know that. I don't really talk about it that much, except now I'm trying to talk about it at the end of every episode. Um, And you can find my books, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too, No Happy Endings, The Hot Young Widows Club, and Bad Moms, wherever you get books. I have a thing for titles that make you think, is this woman okay? I do have another book coming out in October, but that's a long time from now, so let's not worry about that just yet. Um, I recorded this in my closet. Megan, where did you record? I recorded this in my bedroom. 